So, when do you want to start this? <laughs> Whatever. Whenever? I should just be like, welcome. <laughs> I can't even do it right. No. We should pay that dude. Like, he'll probably, the voice actor, mm-hmm. he probably wants 500 bucks. Have him. To just come and say, <laughs> welcome, <air>. stranger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus airfare. That sounded more uh, woodsy. Yeah, you, you think so? You sound like a woodsman. What the fuck am I supposed to sound like? Isn't it backwoods He has Europe? this kind of fantastical bent to it. Fa- fantastical. Yeah. He's a... He's like, welcome. <laughs> you know? What are you buying? <laughs> Lots of good things on sale, stranger. stranger. He really overdoes the stranger thing. He's a stranger. Stranger. Yeah, like a pirate. He's like a, like a pirate in a hood. It's weird. I'm not paying this guy maybe five hundred to a thousand dollars to fucking Plus fly airfare. out to our two bedroom apartment in Oviedo just to do the intro. Just for to this do the intro. Review. Okay. Um. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right, hang on. We're doing it. We're doing it. Are you ready? Welcome. <laughs> can't you can't do it. No. How would how you? Welcome to the sh- the strange room, save room. The strange room. Ah. I'll buy that at a fine price. What are you recording? <laughs> what are you listening to? <laughs> We've got oh. kind of funny. We've got dual shockers. Oh, jeez. Anyway. Yeah. We really got that out of our system. Welcome. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> you keep trying. It's not going to do We're going to do it. Let it in. Welcome. Got a fine show for you, stranger. Stranger. <laughs> Stop. And we're doing it. the save room your safe haven for gaming news and discussion as per usual i'm kevin and i am jack baker that's okay (laughs) so today we are reviewing resident evil 7 biohazard oh i forgot it has a subtitle right Um, i just ignore that part yeah you can throw a subtitle on anything you want fuck you I'm not going to pay attention to it. Resident Evil 4, my date with the president's daughter. <laughs> Resident Evil 4, your hand comes off? <laughs> so, we have a traditional episode down the pipeline, I yeah. think, coming. It's I been think, a little while. Yeah, it's been two weeks since our last Nintendo Fucking Switch hell. rundown. Uh, we've been busy. You've been uh, doing shows. Yeah, I, was at, I just came back PAX. from PAX South. It's the one in San Antonio, because apparently uh, South by Southwest really didn't want them in Austin. <laughs> Not even kidding. That's exactly what happened. They were like, get the fuck. Really? Yeah. What mm-hmm. the fuck? They wanted to go to Austin because they were just like, what's the mecca of like gaming and culture mm-hmm. in Texas? And guess what? San Antonio was not the first one on the list. Wow. <laughs> like, you go there, too, and you're like, hmm, <laughs> this is certainly a place in Texas. <laughs> okay? They host events here. Maybe, uh, you know, Square Dancer. A sock hop or two. I'm just burned out on Texas, I gotta tell you. I imagine. Okay, so Would you this... call yourself Texas Toast? 
<laughs> this is more of a review of Texas than it is <laughs> Resident Evil thing. 7. <laughs> no, so we're going to get into it. This is going to be our impressions, thoughts, concerns. Our second review episode. It's not going to be nearly as long as our Final Fantasy 15 one. Not near. I don't even know how it got. Uh, that got out of hand. Did, well, because we reviewed the animes. We talked about a game that has been in the making for 10 I years. I think we had a small review of Spears Within. Yeah, we as did. Well, as we well, really did. like a quick shout out to James Woods. We're not going to do that. No. We're not going to mention the movies. Fuck Mila Jovovich and Paul W.S. Anderson. So, is oh, it Paul W.S. Anderson? Paul W.S. Anderson. I don't know. I get them confused with Wes Anderson. One of them has talent and makes great movies. The other is Paul W.S. Anderson. So there we go. Okay, <laughs> that's a good distinction. Now I remember. There we go. So this game came out officially on what? The 24th, but we got it on the 23rd. 24th of January. At, at time early. of recording, it is February 2nd. Okay. Uh, again, I was gone all week last week. Um, I did get to beat it in the hotel room. And mm-hmm. I got to say... I don't know if this was like the bur- the best or worst way to play the game. I played it on a shitty uh, hotel TV. Mm-hmm. I think it was a Philips, or it might have just been a Phil. <laughs> <laughs> just a Phil or it, a Lips. It was bad. I, I felt like I was playing on one of the VHS tapes, like in the oh, game. Very authentic. Yeah, it was authentic, but it just it didn't. It's it's not the optimal way to play this. Okay. Okay. So I got to say, uh, from what I'm hearing, VR might be the best way to play it. Mm-hmm. Step down is normal TV, which is the most comfortable way, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really can't imagine doing the whole game in VR. I can't either. Power Even though uh, Justin Roiland, who does stuff for Rick and Morty and um, Comedy Central, yeah, yeah, he yeah. said it's the best way to play, like the must-play way. No, I've been hearing that a lot. Like, uh, Patrick Klebic mm-hmm. of Waypoint said the same thing. He said he played the whole game, and it's it. nobody seems to agree that it's the killer app mm-hmm. for PSVR, especially since it's like a very, it's a hardcore horror game. Yeah. And that's a tough sell for the mainstream audience, you know? It's not like, oh, we figured out Call of Duty in VR. That's true. You know? so I think this is the first full game experience we've right. gotten in VR. So I think a lot of people are no, it ab- trying it, it if ab- they have Yeah, to have it absolutely is. It's, it's not like an additive thing like it was in Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. This is like the full fucking game you can play in VR through and through. There's certain modes that I can't imagine trying to do, like Madhouse. Mm-hmm. Madhouse difficulty. Or uh, even the speed run that I did, like in VR. That'd be a little be too, nuts. It, it's too much. But I, I'm definitely interested. I want to play it all in VR, but again, I'm not there with VR yet. I'm not there for the price point. I'm not no. there for any of it. It's I, not really for us. No, it's not for us as and of yet. I hear for extended play sittings, it is making yeah. people sick. And that game made me sick on just a normal level. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, there were genuinely disgusting It took a moments. little adjustment because even though we play, like, a lot of first-person games... Mm. Uh, this game switched in perspective the first person feels much closer. There's something about it where, I guess because like, so the Baker estate, the house, everything's so close to you, very claustrophobic. Like the hallways are tight, doors up in your fucking, like you put your mouth on a door. (laughs) You're opening it with your mouth. You know, there's no distance between you and the character. So I imagine in VR, it's just like, oh shit. Like it's taking the plunge. Yeah. essentially but uh people are enjoying it i'm glad i don't know if it's proving ground for for vr i think there still needs to be a very uh i think this is the right direction for vr again i won't keep on saying vr but uh the right direction in that we need established franchises for vr to push it mm-hmm. we can't keep on having these fucking games that sound like uh atari 2600 exactly. like four point or whatever the fuck that game is or or goddamn uh my mother's a teacher, but a killer. You know, like it, Assault Locker VR. Yeah, they they have like screamo band names as <laughs> like the name of these fucking games. You know, like what was it? Two minutes to die or some shit. What was the name of that game? Is it two minutes? I thought it was seven days to die. The fact that I can't rightly name these games is endemic of the problem mm-hmm. with VR. Like you're not getting yourself out there. But this is a good experience, and if you can experience it, do it. 
So we're going to get into it, Daniel. Resident Evil 7. We can't not get into this because we, we're we played it, it feverishly for about a week and a half. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of thoughts on this game. We have we, a lot of thoughts. We enjoyed um, it so much. And we want you guys to enjoy it as much as we do. Okay, so it gets a save room great in my book. Okay, great is our highest award. And there's even some sub-awards I'm going to give out for specific categories. Mm-hmm. We're going to give some save room handies out tonight. Fair. We're going to get into it. It, it gets a save room great in my book. Um, if I were to do it on a regular like mm-hmm. 1 to 10 rubric, I think it would get like a like an 8.75. 8.75? Yeah. Which is fair. I, I would almost... And when we go into the breakdown of everything, I'll tell you why this game... like. Failed in some areas, so, but succeeded in So, those. yeah, if you're taking it, like, very objectively and just step into it, like, I don't give a shit about Resident Evil and, like, what is this game as an experience, yeah, I would agree with 8.75, although I think review scores are arbitrary because how is one game's 10 compared to another game's exactly. 10? Like, Minecraft got a 10 and Metal Gear Solid Five got a 10. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's hard to be like, all right, well, what is a shared common denominator between these games that yeah. makes it 10? That's why I don't like score system. But, True. Although, here I am going, save room great. <laughs> save room hand job. We came up with our own arbitrary grading system. Exactly. That works for us, kind of. So, as a fan, it is so gratifying. I've been there since I was 10 years old with this series, starting mm-hmm. with Resident Evil 2, who we were talking about earlier, on the N64. Yeah, I didn't play it on the PS1, sorry. I know it's it has a, a deep, deep uh, history with the PlayStation brand, but, you know, whatever. We're not there. Um, and it is gratifying through the tumultuous years that they decided to go action horror, or just really it's just action with a horror theme to it, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Uh, to go back to a game that is not only a revitalization, but also harkening back to the roots of this series, mm-hmm. and that it's also fucking good. Yeah. Like, it was such a relief, because I, I had some trepidation with it. I did. Remember, where everyone's complaints were like, it looks like a fucking Outlast clone. Mm-hmm. It looks like uh, Amnesia. And it's not that. There are elements to it that are in that capacity you know you especially when you get with the bakers chasing you down and yeah. shit but they're very short segments and they add to the overall tension of the game but the, but it is not that kind of game no it is not it is informed by those games it's informed by its own history mm-hmm. and i think it's informed by horror in general because mm-hmm. i've been describing it as like the ultimate like horror homage in a lot of ways in more ways than one yeah. to horror films to, to horror games especially in films like mm-hmm. Whereas, I think the original Resident Evil was kind of an homage to, like, Romero's very plotting uh, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn mm-hmm. of the Dead series. This is more of, like, that harder-edge, rebooty horror. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, uh, The Hills Have Eyes, the remake, which okay. is fucking brilliant, or, or Evil Dead. It, it has that vibe to it. Of course, and then there's the overt ones, like Texas Chainsaw, but it's, it's very much inspired by Western horror mm-hmm. rather than Japanese horror. Because Japanese horror is all about, like, little girls drowning you in a bathtub or a videotape and all that shit. No, there's a little bit of that there. We'll yeah, a little bit, it. yeah. There's a little bit of that there, but that reminded me more of, um, when you get to those elements, it reminded me more of Fear, mm-hmm. if you remember that from back in the day. No. Oh, fuck. Monolith? Monolith made Fear 1, 2, 3. I know of them. I never played them. They were really good. Really, really, um, we're not, we're not going to get too into it, but they were great horror games, but they're action first, but they still found a way to not deflate the horror just because you're shooting at everything in sight. Okay. That was it was it was a cool series for sure. For for me I I do the distillation where it feels and they're very different in a lot of ways. Um I give it the Cabin in the Woods comparison where Cabin in the Woods right. is very much like a deconstruction of the horror genre, everything that makes horror great, all the tropes and everything about it and kind of puts it together this culmination that is an homage in a lot of ways where I feel like this 
is very aware of every aspect of horror. Like, and you yet, have your Japanese horror elements, you have your right. supernatural parts, you have your regulars, like, they're not zombie parts, but you have your parts that are inspired by, like, you know, Romero, obviously. Um, and it just takes it all and it makes itself a new identity with it, which I think is really neat. Right. It's incredibly subversive, and it definitely plays on, um, I think it plays on your preconceived notions for what this kind of game could be. And mm-hmm. Especially if you've been running with the series for a long time, you ain't seen anything like this. And yet, at the same time, you You can say that it's very much... Like, the closest game that I can compare compare this to is Resident Evil 1. Mm -hmm. It has that very deliberate... It has the backtracking. It's got inventory management. Mm -hmm. It's... It finally... uh, Weapons are tools, not your first line of defense, Mm -hmm. you know? Whereas, like, 4, 5, 6, you know, everything's a fucking run-and-gun kind of deal. Not this... Ammo doesn't matter. Shit is just fucking whatever you can blow away. Right. To the point where combat is a little wonky, but wonky in the same sense that The Last of Us had, like, kind of wonky combat. Mm -hmm. Where your aim was kind of loosey-goosey, and your guns were fucking slow. It was very deliberate, because what what they're trying to do is depower you. Mm -hmm. And that's good horror. depowers you. You feel vulnerable. And that was the one thing about this game that I remember. I felt vulnerable from minute one to the fucking credits. Yeah. I was just like, well, I, 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 at any second I could be taken down. Any goddamn second. It is amazing how they fucking just... This one they knocked out of the park. I would say that. I think so. Especially In where the, the series, series was yeah. going. To kind of take a step back and observe, okay, where we came from, where we want to be again. Right. And it, they kind of reestablished themselves as the king of the horror genre. Because it's like, they went back to what made themselves great while mm-hmm. doing something refreshing. Because, like, there were parts that I think you were watching me play, and I was like, this doesn't feel like a Resident Evil game. And then when I finally got to, like, the main house, I was like, oh, this is a fucking Resident Evil game. Like, exactly. Through and, through, like... and I especially thought that when I played the mm-hmm. uh, the beginning hour demo, where I'm just like, this isn't really Resident Evil in the sense that I'm used to. Um, I mean, even, even if you were taking it back to the old school days, I'm like, this is still very different. And again, like, the amnesia comparisons were made, where I'm just mm-hmm. like, ah, is this going to be a fucking hide-and-seek game? Which... I really don't like those type of games. You know, Alien Isolation, Amnesia, I don't like Hide and the Seek. I understand for some people that that's true horror, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fight or flight kind of style. Yeah. I'd rather fight. And this game gives you opportunity to fight, but you have to fight in a smart way because there's consequences for trying to take on some enemies where it's like, dude. Sometimes well, you're better off just leaving it. Exactly. It's like, oh, well, you don't have ammo or, oh, you don't have health now because you took a few uh, licks to the fucking face. Mm-hmm. I had some... Uh, reservations because I heard a lot of reviews bring up like Outlast and uh, Alien Isolation how there are these cat and mouse moments that kind of go on a little too long I was like oh shit I don't want a whole game of that but I think they do it very smartly where it's like maybe 10 to 20 minute increments at most at most like you don't lose any of the tension or the tension is there and it de-escalates in a proper way Right. Whereas, like, we talk about Alien Isolation, it's all tension. It's two tens, like... Two tens, where it's like there's no... The pacing's all off in that game. Because it literally is a, a roller coaster that just continues to go up and never goes down. You never get that release of finally going down the tracks. It's mm-hmm. always just up, 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 and then, oh, it ends. Yeah. After 15 hours. Like, what the fuck? And I think they break this one up smartly by doing, like, whether it's, like, minor character development or throwing in a puzzle or, like, mm-hmm. you know, just having you do little things here and there, throwing in other enemies that aren't, like, cat and mouse type enemies. Right. It's expertly paced. So. To, to where I think you can go back to RE4, which mm-hmm. is, I think, uh, just a exemplary kind of look at what pacing in a game does for the type of game that mm-hmm. you're trying to go for. You know, it's like, all right, you have your slow moments, you have your fucking action-packed moments, you have... It's just so well-crafted and so deliberate. Mm-hmm. And this game goes back to that kind of feel where I'm just like, damn, this game is really inspired by, like, 
every good part of this franchise so far. I'd say so. So Let's do a quick overview. Yeah, quick overview. Okay. So you are playing as a character named Ethan. Doesn't get a last name as far as I'm aware. Winters. Ethan, Ethan Winters. Winters. No, he does. Ethan yeah. yeah, he does. Never mind. Ethan Winters, uh, his wife disappeared three years prior to the beginning of the events of the game. However, he gets an email, a video email. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she would email a video. You, you could just fucking FaceTime or whatever, right? Because right? right? they have cell phones. He has a very advanced looking iPhone type thing. Exactly. It's 2017. Anyway, let's not worry about his lack of technology. Who knows? He could be a troglodyte, for all we know. He could be okay. me. He could be you. Yeah. <laughs> it is you. Oh shit! I'm Ethan Winters. <laughs> you're wearing a white button up and <laughs> your fucking hands off. They're all it's crazy. <laughs> so uh, he ends up going to a small, I would call it like a plantation in Dolby, Louisiana. Dolby, Louisiana, and to find out where the fuck his wife has been, mm-hmm. Mia, Mia Winters. He has a friend that he even talks to on the drive over, where it's like. Are you sure, man? It's got to be a prank. It's been three years. He's like, I know it's been three years. I got to go. It's it's her. It's really her. And I'm like, I don't know. First man. of all, when it comes to a long con, when it comes to pranks, like, mm-hmm. god damn, three years, <laughs> right? Like she's playing the long game there. Like I don't know, I don't know if that's gonna be a good laugh mm-hmm. after three years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really not the point. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing. It, it's a very like most good horror. Unfortunately, it's very plot driven. Mm-hmm. I say unfortunately because I, I do like character-driven horror. I come from the camp of Stephen King where it's like half the fucking book should just be characterization and then the other half should be Dracula. <laughs> you know? But uh, this game is very much like, in the sense, again, like Evil Dead where it's like, doesn't fucking matter. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, they have a relationship. Fuck it. Here's some crazy uh, monsters coming your way. You know? That, 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 that the kind of style. And I think it's the right course for a video game because we forget. It's like, dude, you know, I still have to interact with this. I still have to do this. Sure. So... Goes there, finds that things are a little screwier than uh, previously thought. There's mm-hmm. a family, the Baker clan. You got the husband, Jack Baker. You got the wife, Marguerite Baker. You got their son, Lucas Baker. And then you have this uh, off-to-the-side character you don't meet until a little later, Zoe, as well. And something's very fucked up with them. Uh, apparently, they're having a feast of intestines yeah. and, and weird pig parts, and they're trying to make you feed. And they're they're like, hi- like hillbilly cannibals. And they are very, very family-centric. I they mean, are. they are your prototypical Christians, but uh, something about them, uh, I think the intestine eating sets mm-hmm. them apart. But well, didn't they say there's like an adage, like the family that eats flesh together stays together? I, I, uh, I, uh, mm. I that was on the baker, like, coat of arms. Don't, <laughs> the coat of arms. So, you end up in this house through, you know, after you get captured, obviously, you're trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think you encounter Mia pretty early as well, too, but she disappears into, you do. The, into the estate. And so, it brings it back down to what, you have to remember, the original Resident Evil, before we start, before you started going to conventions dressed up as a Umbrella SWAT trooper, or whatever the fuck it is, uh, we didn't know what was going on. When you first played Resident Evil... You had no idea Umbrella was involved. Mm-hmm. A pharmaceutical company was trying to get into the uh, bioweapon division, right. which I don't know why our military isn't really uh, <laughs> fucking getting into this this regime here. <laughs> uh, maybe soon, you know, yeah. with Trump in charge. We're, we're, we're soon to see zombie dogs. <laughs> but um, you didn't know what was happening until the third act of the game, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, Wesker betrays you and all this shit. If this is spoilers for you, fuck you. The game is 20 years old. What the f- Where the fuck have you been? Sorry, I attacked. And we're going to go into I some attacked. spoiler ter- spoiler territory we for are. this game, but we're going to keep we it are. light at the moment. Well, I'm spoiling a 20-year-old game, not this one. Yet. Not this one, yet. So, so. Uh, But there's a central mystery going on in this game because it's just like, what is going yeah. on? 
why is Mia like this? What right. the fuck is wrong with the Bakers? They, they're seemingly invincible. Yeah. You're, fi- you're fighting J- uh, Jack, which that first boss fight, fucking great, by the way. <laughs> the like, one in the garage? That one sticks out in my that mind. That one's crazy. It's, not, it's the not lines even one of the harder ones. No, it's, it, it, it's, honestly, it's just one of the more memorable ones. Mm-hmm. His lines that he throws at you, just the, the fucking gaudiness of it. It's, it's, it's not afraid of being campy. This game is not afraid. No. It's not trying to be overtly serious. It, it knows what it is. It's a schlocky horror game that happens to have fucking sheer moments of brilliance. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, there's these moments that are just like, God damn damn <laughs> that was really well done the thing is like up into that point the game is already a wild ride like for in the first like 30 minutes you are shocked to see half the shit you see because like you walk mm-hmm. through parts of the demo and then they turn the demo upside down on you yep. in a lot of ways You're like yep. oh i didn't expect that to happen and you when you finally get to the baker estate like it's just event after event after event you're like oh my god like i don't have time to fucking process any of this really it it really like, <laughs> by the time you get to that garage fight a fucking deputy's head gets fucking severed in half by a shovel it's just like insane it's so good <laughs> so i got to say my favorite parts of the game happen in the first half of the game same when you are in the baker house it is awesome it's when i think for me it's where the game makes the most sense there is this mystery mm-hmm. the characters you don't know what's going on with them they seem possessed they seem infected you're like I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I really want to get to the bottom of this. I want to fucking find my wife. I want to figure this shit out. Right. And it's where the core example of the Resident Evil experience happens because you have the backtracking, you have the puzzles. Like, that first house feels like the Spencer Mansion in a lot of ways. It does, and yet there's something so much more unsettling about it because I think it's much more real than the Spencer Mansion. Yeah, there's a lot of more um, intimate moments, like whether you're going through and like looking at photos or seeing, like, you know, family like, like receipts. It, it's a lived-in house. Yeah. You know, whereas a history. His, Spencer Mansion was kind of, like, almost abandoned, and then you get to certain parts in the game where it's like, why is there, like, dungeons and fucking mm-hmm. laboratories in here? Like, it's, it gets crazy. Whereas this one here is very lived in. The mm-hmm. Baker's imprint is all over the place. But, you know, when you look at the fucking garbage bags filled with meat and flies mm-hmm. all over them, and, and you look at just the scars on the walls and the fucking just crazy writing. It has a fucking history to it. It has. It, it, it It's... A character unto itself. Mm-hmm. The Dolby Estate is a character unto itself because it, it it's visual storytelling to a fucking degree that I have not seen in this series before. Mm. Where it's just like, it speaks to you without saying a word. And really it's though. brilliant. The level design is fucking amazing. I gotta say. At least in the first half of the game, for sure. In the first half of the game. Again, we're gonna, we're gonna get into that shit, but... When you're in the house, it's amazing. Even in, and then the uh, corresponding areas afterwards are mm-hmm. really, really well done. Very creepy, and the entire time, I just the tension just didn't like let up. But not to the degree where it's like, oh god, you know, like Alien Isolation, yeah. which again we always talk about. It's, the pressure cooker is too hot in that game. It is way too hot. Fucking take it off the stove for a second. Yeah, the the procedural generation thing, like it's a great idea, like you know, on paper, but it just it it fucks with your. It's like having anxiety for like. Two, too many hours mm-hmm. like straight you know and you get these moments where like you're in the main house and like jack is like fucking following you trying to track you down but you can like evade him or you can you have these moments where you can take him down and he becomes like momentarily like vulnerable and like mm-hmm. you can avoid him you can do your own thing but then he like respawns and then you have to hide from him again but it's not as frequent as it seems like it is in like alien Isolation. no exactly it's not uh, like outlast where you're being constantly chased from room to room and you got to hide under beds yeah and, and it gives you like moments actually like taking the the house a little bit and really figure out what you need to do solve right. a puzzle get an item you know 
Right, right. And there is this kind of push and pull that brings me back to the original three games, Mm -hmm. which is you have to make a a very concerted choice between do I save my ammo? Mm -hmm. Do I use it on this enemy just so I can freely explore this area without having Jack fucking try to stick an axe in my head? Right. You know, and it rewards you for being smart. And that's what I loved about the original games. That's something that's been lost Mm -hmm. in the newer ones for sure. Where it's like, I can actually plan out what's going on. You can be kind of strategic about it. It's like, all right, do I... And then with your inventory system, too, which I got to applaud them for how they did inventory this way. It's not as restrictive as the original games, where it's like you only have like six slots. Uh, this one, you actually... It's pretty generous as you go through the game. I'm trying to think of how many you start with. I think it's like eight, maybe this 12. One, I think it's about eight. Okay. And then it, it continues to give you like rows of four. Mm-hmm. You pick up like backpacks for yourself. And then it splits this thing where... Uh, the top row it can actually be D-pad mapped. Mm-hmm. So you want to put your weapons up there, and it actually automatically puts weapons up there, and you can rearrange it how you want. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the greatest cross of philosophy between what Resident Evil 5 did, because mm-hmm. it was the first game to use the D-pad rather than have you pause the game to go into your inventory, okay. and what the older games are trying to do. So if you notice, when you go into inventory, the game doesn't pause. No, So you going. you literally have to get to a safe spot in order to really just kind of plan what you're going to do, go through your resources and say, like, all right, I'm ready for what could happen. I'm even having moments in the middle of, like, boss fights where, like, I need to remap because, like, oh, fuck, I ran out of ammo, so I got to move my shotgun up, take my flamethrower down, like, you know, fucking move, like, an herb up or something. And there's (laughs) definitely been moments where I'm just like, all right, this is not the right weapon for this situation. You know, where it's like, uh, I don't need a knife right now. Or the shotgun's going to work, but I'm going to lose those fucking shots pretty quick, and mm-hmm. those are really, really, really useful. You know, I love going back to that. Your weapons are tools, mm-hmm. okay? This is not a first-person shooter. In fact, if I were to liken this game to any other genre, I would say adventure game, for okay. sure. Like, it has a little bit of that Gone Home flavor to it, you know? It has uh, a little bit of, I won't say, it's, it's not a walking simulator. You're, no. It's much more interactive, and there's much more, you know, going on than that. But it definitely, it definitely takes influences from places that I'm super surprised to see Capcom even try to look at. Mm-hmm. You know, because we want to think of big corporations, especially big Japanese corporations, as having their heads stuck in the sand and not mm-hmm. paying attention to what's going around. Or up their own ass. Resident Evil Seven is so informed by modern gaming that I am in disbelief that they even produce this game. Right. I'm just like, what the fuck? It's impressive. It's very impressive game. Very impressive in some ways. Um. In a lot of ways, actually. I enjoyed my fucking ride from start to finish. Yeah, it was the, one of the more wild rides a game had given me in a long time where, like, I was just in constant disbelief over and, what was happening. And I do want to say that for... And this this is very effective in good horror, is that it reigns itself in, mm-hmm. you know? Because you got to look at what made Evil Dead 1 and 2 work so well. That they didn't have a fucking budget to work with. Mm-hmm. So they had to restrict what you could see. So therefore, they left a lot up to the imagination. But what they showed counted. This game doesn't do a, a Resident Evil 6. You know, you're not fucking globetrotting. Mm-hmm. You're not going to China. You're not, you're not fighting with 20 soldiers in a platoon. No. You were stuck in a small house, isolated, in the middle of fucking nowhere. It rains in its scope. And what it does is it makes the whole experience way more intimate. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're in there. You're doing it. This, this is the nightmare that you're stuck in. There is no platoon that's going to save you. Nope. Stars members aren't going to knock down the door and start shooting everything. You're not going to get a machine gun in the first hour. Like, Fuck! It's right. a horror game. It is. My dudes. Through and through. Where you have the genuine fear for a bit where you run out of ammo. You're like, wow, I only have my survival knife. This is how I have to go at this yep. fucking basement or this yep. room. It's like, I've gotten through. I've had so many situations whoa. where I'm just like, oh, shit. 
Like, I am fucked. And then you get through, and there's that sense of uh, triumph that you're just like, fuck. How did I get through that? This game gave me a lot of, like, moments that I hadn't experienced in a game in a long time. Um, Especially within that first house, because, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're exploring, you're doing the puzzles, um, which are very... They're, they're genius in a lot of ways. Some of them are basic, but a lot of them are mostly throwback to old Resident Evil games. They're they're very much like order of operation mm-hmm. uh, rather than being like cerebral. Like yeah. especially, we always talk about like you know Silent Hill. Silent Hill has shitty puzzles. Really, does I wanna, I'm gonna go on record. They're they're fucking like they're puzzles where it's just like oh yeah, if you pick your belly button, there's a key and you didn't know it was on you all the whole time. Like I hate that shit. They're very arbitrary and they what they do is they don't break up the tension they actually fucking kill the momentum of that game mm-hmm. okay of the older titles and whereas this game it feeds into the momentum of it you know where it's like when you <laughs> even though it's so obvious like oh i got to pick up this key and go back to that room you mm-hmm. know fuck, something's going to happen in between here and there. Yeah, because like when you pick up key items, uh, right. for the most part, they usually trigger an event, whether it's yep. like Jack coming back to life or yeah, like yep. monsters spawning somewhere. Um, so you know to prepare for something. But, you know, in some instances, you get lucky. You get lucky. Um, it's true, where it's just like... that, And that's how the game fucks with you, where it's just like, okay, everything's clear and good. All right, that's fine. But when's it going to go topsy-turvy again? And then it goes topsy-turvy. And then shit comes at you. So... At this point, that, 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 that's us being kind of vague about stuff. I think we should break into more spoilerish stuff. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say, um, this yeah, game well, did yeah, give well, me something well, that I hadn't gotten got in, in a while in a Resident Evil game where um, yeah. I was generally like at the edge of my seat for a lot of it, mm-hmm. like, and I was really fighting for my life where there were these moments. He's, he's not lying. I walked in and he was just, was just on the, edge of, on the, the bed. edge of my seat. Like, yeah. I think I was doing a speed run at the time, so I, what I was you were doing. running through it real fast. You were very but like, in the first playthrough, it was like, when I had... like. They give you literally down. no ammo and I was like fucking in like in the basement where you first encounter the molded which are these yep. creatures that are yeah, yeah. they're like infected types that you come across and you don't know why they're there but they're fucking genuinely like very toothy unnerving. very clawy fucking weird things but there are those moments where you fucking like you're fighting them and you su- su- survive like a near scrape of death with them you're like oh my god I fucking did it mm-hmm. or like instances where you're being chased by them you're like oh fuck I don't have anything I'm in the red like the blood splatters right. on the camera you're like I'm gonna fucking die and you fucking make it into a savior and you're like Oh, and you get that fucking moment to just breathe. And, like, I feel like a game hasn't done that where, like, there's just such a sense of tension and escape to where, like, I have a safe haven for a second. Mm-hmm. I can fucking really just recollect myself, re-strategize, and go it out a new way. And I want to <laughs> point out in the save rooms, ha, ah, I feel like we should do a Pee Wee Herman, like, ah, every time we say a save room. Yeah, yeah. We won't. It's fine. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> that uh, the music is fucking immaculate. Oh, yeah. The I first time you, you hit the save room, you're like, what is this? It's, like, almost like a, like a Japanese, like, it's stripped down instrumental take. It's on so the theme. melancholy, and yet relaxing. Yeah, you know, like you want to put it on when you're doing yoga. Yeah. Or I get a yoga studio vibe from it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> or having slow sex. You know, that slow. I, I, I dare you try to try and play that during sex, or uh, the other one, or Aunt Rody. Aunt Rody. Yeah, <laughs> Morgan would fucking kill you. <laughs> So, all right, it's gonna. She'd be fine with it. Spoiler territory. So yeah, um, go beat meat if uh, you haven't beaten the game yet, because we're about to spoil the shit out of it. Yep. Like like spoiled meat. I got a meat mantra going on today. Today's episode is brought to you by meat. <laughs> Spam. Spam. The official food of stars. Do we know what it is? No, 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 no. no. That's the mystery. <laughs> That's the whole game. It's a mystery. Just like Spam. This is a guy stammering. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the part of the pig that uh, got hit by the car. Fuck. <laughs> so, uh, 
where do we start? First, I want to focus on the Baker clan. Mm-hmm. So you have, uh, they actually have three distinct sections that are kind of unto themselves. Mm-hmm. Jack Baker is kind of a, the ruler of the main house. Yeah. Uh, predominantly, you have a basement fight with him. And I, I do want to say, the the I guess it would be the second boss fight you have with him, mm-hmm. when he's all shirtless and going, I'm sure he's a wonderful boy, you right. know, that kind of shit. Um, that one's not very good. No. Because it relies on the melee combat in the game, and I uh, like you've pointed out, it, melee combat's not extremely well it's done. Not it's not good. It's not always intuitive either. No, it's not always intuitive. You get you have a block maneuver that you can use, which is very helpful. It actually reduces a lot of damage that you take in, mm-hmm. and uh, you pretty much have two modes where you can do just panicky swiping mm-hmm. with your knife or what have you. Or you can do a more deliberate kind of a thrust. thrust. Which does a little more damage, but right. it leaves you a little more vulnerable. That's important to note, actually. Uh, it literally is the older games in first person, mm-hmm. where you have to aim with the left trigger, and then shoot or attack yeah. the right trigger. And uh, I know this has been a complaint in the older games where it's like, you can't move and shoot. And it's like, you can move and shoot in this game, you're just very slow. You know, you can blind fire, of course, but that's it's not, not going to work out, because there's not always a reticle on the screen. No, when you blank fire like that, there never is. Right, there isn't. A, there isn't a reticle on the screen. Only like, like, there's a hitbox, but yeah, like, you know, the, the hitbox shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's actually a smart design, uh, design decision because, mm-hmm. again, it depowers you. You know, this is not an action game. This is not a game where you're gonna do a fucking uh, counter that bursts off their head and like, then fucking uppercut Jack Baker. <laughs> right, exactly. Like Chris Redfield's not gonna burst through a fucking wall and then make a quip afterward. You know, <laughs> it, it's, that's not happening in this game. You know, you're you're an average schmo. You're mm-hmm. you. And I think they did a good job of, um, Ethan has lines, but he's not, he doesn't really have a big characterization. No, nope. he's kind of like your everyman that you're supposed to like. Because he's your perspective. Yeah. He's you getting in his shoes. It's, it's you stuck in this, you know? They don't even show his face. Although they do. They do a, towards the end. Kind, they show the bottom half of his face. You, you see his face. You don't see his full. Oh, you mean uh, in the flashback? It's a little blurry. Well, no, in the flashback, <laughs> there's a part where like Mia like turns his body over. Like you see him. No, no, even then, Mia doesn't turn his body over. Like, he's on, he's face down on the ground, and then the fucking thing gets him. You don't see his face then. I swear to you. I played the game four times straight. No, I know. Buddy. <laughs> I'm on my fourth playthrough. I... Yeah, you don't see his fucking face. In fact, actually, when they showed the character model for him, he actually has no face except for the bottom jaw. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Yeah. That should have been in the game. That's, that's terror. That's so weird. It's yeah. Two yeah, face yeah. of terror. Ethan's <laughs> should... bottom jaw. Yeah, I would love... <laughs> So, <laughs> you have Jack Baker's part. His boss fight's kind of weird, but it gets better from there. I think prog- progressively better with the boss fights. Mm-hmm. They remind me of the old old kind of style where it's like, all right, you know, you have a bunch of ammo sitting outside the room. You have mm-hmm. a bunch of fucking shit. And it's like, I know I'm in for it. Okay? Yeah. And Marguerite has her own section. Marguerite has a very interesting section, I would say. Uh, I think so. I don't know what to kind of like compare it to. It still feels very mm-hmm. Resident Evil too, because uh, you go to this old house section where you have to fucking... Uh, start putting together things for a serum to basically cure right, what's going right. on. Um, it's very much order of operations yeah. where it's like, okay, now you know you need to go over here, grab this. Oh, got to combine this item with this. Mm-hmm. Let me go back, uh, solve one of those shadow puzzles, which shouldn't be as fun as they are. They kind of are fun. Yeah, there's like four or five, and they're yeah, they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun, but they're stupid. Like it's not a hard puzzle. You're no. just like flipping around an object to make an image. Like, yeah, just and then I'm just like, I don't know why I'm enjoying myself. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I like fucking flipping around this eagle, but it's a lot of fun. I can imagine in VR that's like really uh, difficult, cathartic in yeah. some way. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, you go to yeah. the old house section. It's distinctly different. It's on the <laughs> water. Um, the house breathes in this weird way. Like it fucking creaks. It moans. Like it has like a life to itself. Like, right. The, so this. 
black goo that the molded creatures come out of that pretty much starts to uh, saturate all over, like different parts of the game. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always making a wet pussy sound. It's always <laughs> it's so pretty fucking bad. creepy. Yeah. And that's one thing I want to point out about the sound design. The sound design has never been better than this. Like, even when there's nothing going on, I'm still fucking afraid. Everything is creaking. Things are moving. Sometimes you hear a fucking door slamming in the distance. Like, very audible door slamming in the distance. And you're like, what the fuck is that? So you never feel like... um, There are points where it's like, yeah, there's certain triggers for enemies. Like, Jack will only come on in this part or, you know, this or that. But you have this sense that, like, no, they're running around the house. They're moving around. And maybe they're looking for me. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're doing something. Maybe they're trying to set up a trap. You know, you get that feeling with Lucas. Like, this dude's setting up a trap for me. So fuck me up, yeah. Like, he's the savvy one of the bunch. You know, the younger son, Lucas. And actually, I would say his characterization is probably the more down-to-earth kind of way. Mm Because it's just like, for some reason, he just reminds me of someone I've met. You know? He just reminds me. Like, where the rest are kind of, like, over the top and go for the camp. He's just like, I don't know, man. You... You look exactly like one of those fucking uh, alt-right motherfuckers on YouTube filming themselves and talking about, you know, spitting the rhetoric. And, really, and though? Sh- and saying the 14 words. <laughs> you know? Like he, like, he scares me in that same way. I'm just like, you're real. Yeah, no, you get the sense, like, you learn who he is and what he's about, kind of, and then mm-hmm. you, when you finally get to see him and what he's about, like, he seems sadistic. He's really fucked up. He's thorough. Right. He's calculating. And, and it's a little different than with the moments with like Jack and Marguerite, where it's like, okay, they're kind of zany and out there. You know, you know the thing that you gets feel like the infection has taken them over. Right. And they're acting more on impulse. You know what gets me about Lucas is that he seems out of all three of them, he seems to genuinely enjoy what he's doing, mm-hmm. and that's like the scariest part. It's just something about it reminds me of that. Uh, there's like one character in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like he's a younger dude, goofy, lanky guy, mm-hmm. and he was the one that's having fun, but he's also the one that could trick you. He can trick you into thinking that he's maybe somewhat normal, just like an ex- eccentric guy, mm-hmm. and then he turns around and starts pulling off your fingernails. Yeah. Like, that's who Lucas is, and that's so cool. And so disappointing that he disappears from the story. Yeah, I think that's one of the, the game's greatest downfalls, yeah. is that there's such a plot hole with what happens to him, and actually a lot of the bakers moving forward. Like, mm-hmm. it, it just kind of falls apart like at a certain point. So, of the bakers, you yeah. don't have... like a boss fight with him. You know, he doesn't turn into a no, giant creature or something. I was looking forward to a boss right. fight for him. You get these moments that are crazy with him for sure. Um, and we'll, we'll get, get into this, but like whether it's the, the VHS tape. We're uh, there. Or the barn fight. Like the barn fight was really cool. He plays this fucking crazy like metal music and you're fighting like a fucking, what, yeah. I'm a big boy. Uh, the fat man. The fat man. You're the fighting fat man. Fat man. Uh, I'm like, molded. Okay, and then after that, I was like, cool, I'm going to come out and fight him. And then he just kind of disappears. Like much of the way that fucking Robotnik disappears at the end of the level, like fucking gets in the shit and flies away. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, bye, Lucas. <laughs> but the story doesn't really bother to revisit him. Nope. Which is just kind of like, half of me, you know, Final Fantasy fifteen has me jaded, where I'm just like, oh, well, they're probably saving that for DLC. But now that I've played the first DLC, mm-hmm. which oh, I don't think we need to really get into it, it just, I don't think it's going to serve the plot more than what's already there. Like, there isn't going to be these missing components from the game. It really is just supplementary, like, content, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but that said, Lucas has some of the best parts in the game. He really does, His shit's very Saw-inspired, which I hate Saw, but apparently that shit would make a great video game. His his is the last good section that really fucking resonated Mm -hmm. with me. Um, Right. We didn't touch on this yet, um, but there are these things that happen in the game. You get uh, VHS tapes. Um, yes. If, I don't know if you guys played the fucking demo. Um, that was like a big component. To that it. was the big yeah. thing. So you get this demo, and you basically this, they serve in lieu of 
of um, flashback scenes. And I think it's brilliant the way they execute it. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. you put in this VHS tape, uh, it feels antiquated, it's on a fucking old like tube TV, and you play through these sections that fucking happen to these people, whether it's um, the sewer gators in the very beginning and they're going through the house and trying to figure out what's happened to the bakers. Or later on, there's a Mia segment where you're going through the old house and she's fucking hiding from Marguerite. But then you get this one that is part of the Lucas section. It's called Happy Birthday. And it's probably like one of the most inspired it's the best. moments in the game. And it really so just good. fucked me up. Like I didn't want to get past it because I was like, this is really cool. It's so, so well done. We don't really want to spoil it, but it is a very much you're stuck in a room and you're you're given a task where you have to light a birth or light a candle and put it on a birthday cake. Mm-hmm. And it's much more complicated than that. Again, yeah. it, it's probably one of the highlights of this game. I don't want to go into it much no. more than that. I, I'll say there's a point where like some gas starts leaking in the room, and you basically have a time limit to f- like finish this puzzle and figure out how to get out of the room. Right. So it's it's timed in a way, uh, but it's like a very order operation. Really, puzzle. I didn't think it was timed. Actually, that gas is just a spo- supposed to solve one part of the puzzle, the balloon part. Like, yeah. Oh, is it really? Yeah, you're not timed. Oh. You can fucking be in that room forever. That's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, that's not why. Yada, yada yada happens to you okay yeah it's because of something else fair yeah but no it it it's really exemplary in fact all the videotapes are really cool mm-hmm. especially since they serve this purpose of teaching you something about the uh ethan's playthrough mm-hmm. you know because like you end up going through that same puzzle again yeah. and of course since you watch the video you can fucking circumvent it and of course it pisses off lucas yeah and that was such a cool thing to it too especially when you go back to the mia video mm-hmm. It teaches you how to get through the old house yeah. before you even get to the old house. Exactly. That's so fucking and cool. Some of them serve other purposes, like in the Derelict video uh, in the, from the very beginning, uh, you can actually like unlock a drawer and get an item that you get as right. Ethan. But then the later weird ones... Weird time travel. The weird ones they serve... Paradoxal is what it is. I think so, yeah. yeah. But the other ones serve to kind of teach you about the level and how to get through it. Right. So yeah, the Mia one, like it taught you how to fucking navigate through the house. I thought that was really cool. It was like the one that resonated the least, obviously, with me. But Right, right, right. Um, and then the the third one, Happy Birthday, was cool because, okay, I spent maybe like 20 minutes like playing that room. Trying to like figure it out. Try, trying to figure out yeah. and then trying to get the trophy for beating it under five minutes. And then yeah, when you yeah. go back through as Ethan, I flew through it in like less than a minute. Yeah. Because I, I skipped all the steps and just did this one thing that required you to fucking get this item that I'll actually right. get out. <laughs> and you could tell it fucking riled Lucas up a little bit. So I think the VHS tapes are one of the best parts of the game. And I'm really, 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 really smart. So it's ingenious. Um, now, I do want to get into some... Let's talk about the second half of the game. Okay, so you get past the Lucas section, which is the very... You get into another boss fight, and I don't really want to spoil it, but it does very much feel like Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that kind of... It reminds me of that first boss fight you have with that monster in the barn. The one that separates into two in part four. Do you remember that one I'm talking about? Yes. Big tall guy with the beard. I looks like that. fucking Rasputin. Yeah. yeah. He's fucking hanging from the rafters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that a lot of ways, but yeah. just much more expanded. And I'm just like, I'm so glad that they did that because some of these boss fights in the older games were fucking great. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that for every boss fight in this game, but there's like one or two that I'm just like, that stood out. That stood out. Actually, I can't say that there was a singularly great boss fight. I think they're mm-hmm. all very like distinct in terms of the set piece mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. feelings that they give you, but I, I don't think they were particularly great. Some of them are classic Resident Evil, like whether it's mm-hmm. like earlier ones or the RE4-inspired ones, like that, the one on the dock that we're kind of referencing right now. But I didn't think any of them were necessarily great. I had they to were take, just something to get through. I had to, Yeah, I had to take a step back and be like, all right, well, uh, is it more about fun or more about them 
continuing this kind of pace and tension that has been evolved. Because, like, the Marguerite fight, for instance. Yeah. That one's kind of freaky. That one works for it, Like, it's not fun fighting her. There there isn't any really, like, um, kind of haptic feedback going Mm -hmm. on. Because it's not, like... They don't really react to your blows as much as you'd want them to, and especially yeah. like o- you know, only Jack does. I exactly, think. where like parts of them don't fall off like in other like other games boss fights. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not like fucking uh, you know Limbo where I'm pulling off spider legs or yeah. some shit. You don't you don't get that same satisfaction from the fights, but you got to remember it's like I think back and I'm like, was I fucking tense the entire time? Yeah. Did I really have to use my smarts? Did I have to use the environment to my advantage? Yeah, of course I did. So that's why I think the Marguerite one kind of stands out as much as I. Like, I'm just like, fuck, I gotta get through this. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, shit, I, it's still something to get through. It's yeah. still, you know, kind of a victory in my my mind. But um, Especially because that one in particular, like, she's in your vicinity, you're fighting her, and then she scampers away, and she starts building, like, little nests. And she's so fucking weird. Yeah, she's very weird. She turns into this fucking long... She looks like the Blair Witch. Remember from the new movie? Yeah. She looks exactly like the Blair Witch. Fucking a long-ended arm. Slender Marguerite. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking weird. So, I don't it's know. Great. I don't know that the, all the boss fights By the way, really... great creature design in this Oh, game. yeah, for sure. Just a complete lack of creatures, though. So... I'll say the boss fights, I don't think they always worked for me mechanically, mm-hmm. or, like, they definitely kept the tension there, and they served a good purpose, but, like, whether it's the first Jack one, where, like, that fight didn't fucking work for me at all, I know it's the point of frustration. Not not, not the garage one, but the one afterward, right? Yeah, with the chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. The garage one was just, like, this, that one's great. this is a fucking great introduction to yeah. this Oh, game. yeah, especially because <laughs> some of the lines he fucking throws at you. The lines like, he throws at you. I'm gonna show you something wonderful. The one. whole shit with the car was yeah. fucking great. And, and he drops and, a Capcom reference right yeah, in the middle of it. <laughs> I'm gonna take you for a ride. <laughs> I so laughed so loud. But... That's the other thing, too. Um, well, first of all, like, I love that this game has, like, a sense of fucking morbid humor, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, like, being stiff-chinned about military types. Yeah. I love that it takes away from that. But the other thing is that I was finding these little variances in the game mm-hmm. that unlock depending on what you do. Remember yeah. how my fucking fight was completely different than your You Jack were standing fight. in the doorway, not even maybe an hour removed from, like, the fight that you'd previously done. Right. That I was then doing, and you're like, wow, I didn't get that. That's it. It happened Yeah, I was me. like, that didn't happen to me. He never fucking ripped off the roof of my car mm-hmm. when I was trying to get away and fucking started piloting it. Yep. Or I was in, like, what? Or in the very beginning where, like, you get caught by him and he fucking cuts off your leg. You're like, holy shit. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> holy sh... I was like, I did not yeah. see that. So there are little variances that are right. cool that, like, one person will get that, the other one And it's like, it doesn't so. even, like, really change the course of the game, but they're in there because they're neat, and yeah. they're, 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 they give you this kind of agency where it's like, I could see something different, mm-hmm. you know? Let, let me try to fucking poke the dark corners of this game, and more often than not, you're kind of rewarded for doing that. Mm-hmm. Like a great horror game. Yeah. The level design's fucking great in this game. But... Let's get to the part that's not great. Well, you started talking about um, enemy types. Oh, yeah, that's true. So you want to so, talk about that, and then we can talk about the second half of the game. But, well, that's part, yeah, that's not great about it, too, is that you mainly, besides the bakers themselves, you end up just fighting the molded, mm-hmm. you know, the creature. Actually, they remind me so much of the uh, creatures from Resident Evil Revelations. Okay. They, they are like these ooze. They're called ooze. And they move like them. They can drip out of vents and shit just like the molded. So I, you know... The first few encounters, kind of creepy. It gets to a certain point in the game where they just fucking put the pedal to the metal and just don't stop with them. Mm-hmm. And there's no variety. You get one that has a huge spike arm. You get one that can... The one that I hate, by the way. The one that can fucking walk on walls and mm-hmm. shit. And that's all you fucking really jumps get. jumps at you. And then you get the, the fat boys. And that's it. And the fat boys. And that's there's all you really get. No variation. And like granted, like when you first encounter these things, they're fucking disgusting and horrifying. Right, right. You don't know how and predictable they are. And you encounter them in the basement, which yeah. is my most dreaded part of the game. And it's one of the... 
because well, I'm just resonating settings for sure. Resonating just because it works so well. Because yeah. I'm just like, I don't want to be down here. I always feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. Even if you fucking write out all the enemy patterns and what's gonna happen to me, I'm still creeped out by that basement. Oh yeah, I really am. But so, I wish there was more in terms of you know right because like, like in Resident Evil you have your zombies, then you have your crimson heads, then you have your fucking liquors, and then the zombie dogs, so, and then the hunters, and the fucking birds. Like there's so much going on, so much variety that you don't know what's coming at you next. Mm-hmm. That when I hear the fucking <laughs> I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm just like, oh, molded time. Time to block. (laughs) Time to block or run. That's all that's going on, you know? So I wish they that was something that was worked on. Um, The one part that I want to talk about the game, when you finally get away from the Baker Estate, Mm -hmm. you end up, spoiler, you end up in a bayou where there is a uh, beached ship, I guess you can say, or a uh, it's washed kind of ashore. What would you say? What's the word for that? It's, we'll call it beach. It's the middle of the swamp. Marooned? I don't know. It's marooned. There we go. It's marooned. Yeah, you get to this point, you have to make a decision, uh, mm-hmm. heavy spoilers, to because you're making the serum. Zoe is basically guiding you throughout the house and throughout the various locations at this point. Right, right, um, right. And she's like, okay, you have to fucking get past my family, create the serum. You have to get to me and Mia, and then you have to save us. And cool, so you make the serum and you go there. You get to this point where you have to make a decision to choose who to heal. Yeah. And you either choose Mia or Zoe, and then you kind of go on with them to the ship from that point and then like the latter half of the game is like so what it is is uh you have the decision to make a choice that doesn't make sense or one that makes sense thematically so you went with the one that made sense narratively which is to cure mia your wife and i went with the one went for that didn't make sense because fuck mia she's the reason i'm in this mess she brought me out to this goddamn house my fucking hand gets cut off and being chased by sociopaths i don't know where this spike comes from you're supposed to be the hero here fucking savior fuck you're like oh fuck her you dragged me into this crazy house she attacks me with a chainsaw in the first 30 minutes of the game that's fine i'm not about her listen fuck her she can die in the bayou till death do us part no or sometimes cut us apart cut us us cut us us i'm one beer in yeah okay anyway so you, we go to the ship. You go to the ship, and which is a cool setting in a lot of ways, and not another. Well, first of all, I don't know, I don't understand the series' infatuation with ships mm-hmm. and boats in general. Like, what? Not everyone's afraid of boats. I get that they're metal. I get that they sink. Cool. Right. I get that sometimes nighttime happens. <laughs> you know, like you know, I, I don't think of a Disney cruise liner and think like, "Fuck, shit could go down." Right. <laughs> you know, so I don't understand Capcom's infatuation with fucking having ships as a setting, but. And it, it's effectively creepy, and there's just a few problems with this part of the game where, one, uh, story-wise, it gives you almost too much, like a huge fucking information drop. Mm. A dump, I should say. Yeah. And, you know, while it's cool that you get to learn that this creature that's been controlling everything is in the form of a little girl named Evelyn, mm-hmm. you find out that, no, she's a B.O.W. Like, yeah. she is not a supernatural force at all. What you think you're seeing as ghosts and whatnot are hallucinations, mm-hmm. and I think that brings it back to the series proper, where it's like, dude, it's never been about fighting ghosts and bullshit like yeah. that. This, you know, it's always been about biological fucking organisms of war, mm-hmm. and I love that it went back to that that idea, because that's that's it's biohazard. Exactly. You know, that's what Resident Evil is to me. For, and so, so that's why a lot of people are like, fuck, you know, when they started seeing the ghost in the demo, like, mm-hmm. are they going supernatural with it? Ugh. It's 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 kind of yes, lazy, but no. you know. I always like that it had this kind of grounding element to it. Mm-hmm. You know, good and horror that grounds it for you. Yeah, good horror grounds you. True. You know, that's what I think. Not not fucking suspends your disbelief within the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm in a real house. I feel like what's happening to me is real. But I think the idea that like she is a uh, BOW and the fact that well, you find out that Mia is actually like 
a military type. She works for this organization, and she's actually the babysitting job that she tells you she's on is watching this BOW and protecting her from another mm-hmm. rival company, whether it's which, Umbrella or somebody else. Which I know. thought was a cool reveal too. Um, the, the problems that I have with this act is that they make you go through half the ship. You end up doing a videotape. Mm-hmm. That's a flashback of Mia. She has this goes through the entire fucking ship with a machine gun and ends up mm-hmm. you end up fighting a lot more molded than you have fought up to that point. Mm-hmm. And you get to the bottom of the ship, and oh, cutscene, you're back on the ship as me again. You, the game essentially makes you play through the ship twice in a row. Yep. And that is a lot. It's, it's where the pacing really starts to fucking lag a bit and, and I, feel cumbersome. Exactly, it trips up on itself. And I, even though that that part maybe lasts no more than 30 minutes, mm-hmm. 35 minutes, I would say I felt like I was there for like a straight Two hour. hours, maybe, yeah. Two hours. It just felt too long. It, like, I'll say it's a very cool... Everything's kind of the same, too, because it's a ship. Yeah, Yeah. every level looks exactly the same. It's just like, it it didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And there's some light puzzle elements to it that are reminiscent of being in the main house. Um, And it's it's an intriguing setting because it has a history mm-hmm. to itself. You're like, I wonder what happened here. And you come across right, like right. some boulder here and there. And it's, it's definitely terrifying in its own way. Like whatever moments that I had lost of tension and, and suspense were reintroduced there, but I felt like it just went on for too long. Mm-hmm. And just like, I don't know. It kind of dragged itself to death there. And there's these moments where you start out where you don't have any weapons and you have to kind of get through the bottom levels of it. With nothing. Those were creepy and that yeah. was good. But once you get like weapons and stuff and having to, you, you're introduced to having these fucking like, uh, these bombs that you detonate like on the ground, yeah. it's just like, all right, all right, all right. Which We're introduces right. like a new gameplay mechanic that's like, you can use it in interesting ways. But... Which is cool. I like, I, I have no problem with late stage game mechanics. No. Okay. I, every I game does it. Yeah, every game does it, even though some reviewers are like, you shouldn't do that. You need to teach the player to do everything in the beginning, blah, 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 blah. whatever, whatever. Not every game's fucking Mega Man. Right. Okay. Even that game, what the fuck? You, you get different weapons as you go along. What's your... But... My, I, I just, there's just something about it that just didn't work about that segment. Mm-hmm. You know, that was just like, long in the tooth, too many fucking enemies, mm-hmm. the pacing was off. Where it was like, fuck, you set it up so brilliantly. Right. But I think it catches itself again when you start, pl- you go back to playing as Ethan. Yeah. You, and then you're through the end game, and then you find out a few more revelations without making a pun about mm-hmm. what's going on. Uh, especially with Evelyn, and I, I thought that was pretty well done. Like, all in yeah. all... Not one of the worst stories in Resident Evil. Like, no, it's, it's a little convoluted. It's up there. And there are some plot holes. And Huge plot holes. The thing that. is, like, the game makes the most sense when it, there's so much mystery to it, and it's right. more intimate, and you're in the house, and like that's why the first half is so strong for me because like yeah. you get these little details that tell you more and more. But like when the game fully reveals itself, like there are suddenly plot holes, like really heavy ones, like, especially regarding Evelyn, mm-hmm. uh, Mia, and fucking Lucas. I himself, just think so. yeah, the game tried to over-explain itself, and I think. Uh, Maybe they, they they definitely would have would have done better to rein it in, to kind of say, like, all right, here's a few facts about what's going on. Mm-hmm. We're not really going to go past that. You know, because that was a cool reveal. Yeah. You know, where you find out, like, oh, fuck, this old woman that I've been seeing the whole game, mm-hmm. that's Evelyn. That is Evelyn. She makes you hallucinate, so you see things that aren't there that's not real. Like, you're seeing this formation of a little girl when in actuality it was, she's right in your face the whole time. And you wonder what, what her deal is the whole time because like mm-hmm. she's just there. She's there like in the very and first scene where you're, you. eat, you're eating it with the dinner and she's in a fucking, she looks like fucking right, in a right. vegetative state and then like there are these moments of tension where you fucking come through to the boiler room and she's just sitting there the fucking engines are hissing and they're steaming and she's just sitting there in a fucking chair in this like dark red it's room. It's fucking it's weird like, man. So you're like what's her deal and then you kind of get away from all that you're like okay whatever. I guess and that, and that worked well woman. and I gotta say the, the very final act by the way it also makes you go through a fucking gauntlet of the most molded you've ever fought mm-hmm. in the entire game like 20 of them 
it's almost a little too ridiculous. I understand what they're trying to do, but it was just like, God damn. I, I, I just felt like they didn't know what to do with the late stage of the mm. game, and they're just like, make him fight. <laughs> make him fight, because <laughs> yeah. that's what he always has to do in the end. Like, like fucking the guy from Godzilla comes up, let them fight. <laughs> like, shit. Bring <laughs> on the molten! No, Masachika! <laughs> Kawada. So I got his name right after fucking fifteen fucking, podcasts. Yeah, right. I got his name right. So, but I do think the the very ending, you got me there. Yeah, it's not a it's not a it's not a perfect ending. It's not a perfect boss fight either. No, but it serves its job. But it's like my stone Resident Evil. Right, my mouth was fucking agape during that fight. Mm. Where I was like, Whoa. <laughs> it was Evil Dead and fucking everything else mixed in the one. It was just ridiculous. And, Over the top. Oh. Like, I was just like, yeah, man. I, oh, fuck. This, this is crazy. Good game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Fuck. Fuck. And this is coming from a series where literally in part six, you're in a fucking helicopter fighting a B.O.W. that's the size of a skyscraper. Mm-hmm. And yet, this ending got me more than that. More than that, yeah. Yeah. Especially when she fucking erupts out of the house. You're like, wow, this is a larger-than-life boss fight. She yeah, She's fucked yeah. up that it entire just, state I spent hours going through. It, it <laughs> goes from zero to 100 so quick. And I'm just like... Yes. <laughs> like, no holds bar, man. <laughs> like, do that, please. Uh, let's see. So, so what, let's let's do some maintenance here. What else we got to say? So I... We'll have some uh, closing remarks, obviously. I, I know you want to talk about the trophies a little bit. I, I do. Um, so we played this game um, yeah. four times. I'm on my fourth playthrough. Um, you got the platinum. I did. Um, I did. Which we will definitely revel in in a minute, because that was a fucking accomplishment. We should revel in it now, but okay. All right, let's revel in it. Boom, plotted. Rebel plotted. I got nervous because I thought I was going to get it before you. Why were you nervous about that? Because I was like, I don't know, I felt wrong. So I was going to chase you around game. the house with a lantern. <laughs> I told you, Steph, fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hack off my hand. That's what you get for beating my game, boy. Um, so yeah, no, we liked it so much. Which is amazing because I was gone all last week and I came back and fucking plotted it in like two days. Yeah, I mean, no, we beat it the same night. We beat yeah, it we last, like, Thursday. And we were as busy because I was working the entire time. Like, my birthday was over the weekend, and I was doing shit. So I didn't have, like, time to fully dedicate it. Happy so. birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> so, all right, I want to talk about the trophies because I think they're kind of ingenious in design. Like, they're not necessarily, like, difficult. It's not the greatest list. But I think they're clever. It's, it's an admirable in, list. And it's certainly way easier than Remake was. Yeah. Because Remake is still, like, Jesus, that's a hard list. Um, so I like... You have your basic ones or story-based yeah. ones. Uh, she's alive. Welcome to the family, son, which is like one of the more notorious quotes from the game. I've heard it. Uh, the grave will out the truth. Mm. I really like that. It's when you uncover the secret in the old house. Um, let's get away from spoilers. That's all story stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah the Who's Your Daddy now? Um, they refer to Jack Baker as the daddy. That's the trophy for beating the game on, on Madhouse, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. You just like any... You like being called daddy, don't you? Maybe. I saw a Starbucks cup yesterday. It's Somebody like, wrote it on there, and I didn't ask her to, but it was totally a fucking thing. Oh, which her? Uh, one of my coworkers. Uh-oh. That's uh, recorded. Oh, that's well, recorded. Watch, he's going to edit that shit out. That's whatever. Um, yeah, we got is. Things got personal. Finish off an enemy with a knife. I think it's like a little name. Uh, I mean, that's going to happen anyway. Yeah. Back off Miss B. Fight off Marguerite while she wanders the house and make her run that away. That one I missed originally, actually. Oh, really? No, 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 no. Not back off Miss B. The other one where you have to... Uh, Shooter out of the air. Called that one's called Fly. Fly water. Fly water was interesting. Uh, duck if you love life, which is where you miss that one originally. Jack yeah. scissor attack by right. ducking. Uh, right, right, right. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> Just kill an enemy by attaching a remote bomb to it. Which was a little it. tricky to get actually. Yeah, because you didn't really know how to do it. Because because they had the uh, the molded have to grapple you, mm. and they don't always do that. And so I ended up dying like four times just trying to get them to do this to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that sucks. 
Shit. I got it, though. Uh, what do we got? First place at the science fair, um, there's a crafting mechanic. Which, uh, you basically have to craft weapons and items on the fly. Yeah, you have to craft every uh, combination of, like, resources. Which, I just like that, that name, first place at the science fair. It's clever. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens naturally. Uh, natural out, play. out before dessert, uh, that's when you beat the happy birthday tape within five minutes. Which isn't as bad as you might think. No, it isn't. Uh, I think I when I tried to do it for the first time, I was a little right. over, but then when I figure out how to cheat it, it was a little better. The game, the game. Uh, be kind, please rewind, watch all the videotapes in a single playthrough. That's um, going to happen no matter what. And then one that we didn't really touch on, there are collectibles that you find throughout the game um, in terms of mm-hmm. like antique coins that you can use as currency to unlock like uh, inventory or health upgrades and then like weapons. Which was such a cool thing because you can actually uh, buy like a, a steroids in the game and it actually maxes out your health. Yep. Which is really cool. Or you can uh, get a stabilizer that steadies your aim. And I was just like, that's such a cool concession because it's like, it doesn't feel like, you know, it's not like you're diving into a stat menu mm-hmm. and like just upgrading yourself yeah. on the go. Like it, it it ties it into the narrative in some way. It's just like, fuck, I need I need a stabilizer, right. you know? Like that, that was such a cool little flourish to it. And they weren't just like throwaway like collectibles, like they had a purpose. At right. Least. And you still don't feel overpowered. It's nope. just a slight advantage over what, what's going on there. So. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I would say that um, it is kind of exciting that they have these collectibles in the game and not just have them be some stupid shit where you just shoot and there you go. I got twenty of them. Mm-hmm. Whatever, because that that's how it was in four, five, and six. Yeah, shoot all the fucking blue medals. Or this whatever. one's like, oh no, you're getting collectible that actually changes the course of the game for you because you can unlock the magnum mm-hmm. at a certain point too. That's the only way you can get the magnum. Yep. That's so cool. Like, I think there's only one collectible that you get that doesn't serve. The Mr. Everywhere. Mr. Everywhere. Yeah, but they're yeah, cool because yeah. they're there like, oh, I feel like this has like a, a history with the family. Like maybe Mr. Everywhere is like a doll or like a character that they like, like they like. But these fucking bobbleheads, there's like 20 of them. They're everywhere. I guess they love the shit out of yeah. that fucking little baseball player. Or so, no, he's like a football player. He's right? a football player. No, no, no. He's like a different thing every time, right? Is he? I don't know. I don't is he just? A, I thought he was a football player. Yeah, um, he's a football player in some Whatever. So when Whatever. you get the first one, it's called He's Here, There, Everywhere. Destroy yeah, Mr. Everywhere yeah. statue. And then when you get them all, the trophy is Mr. Nowhere. Come on, talk, talk about the real shit. Uh, just get me out of here, beat the game within four hours. So that's which, a speed run for the game. Which I saw that and I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. But so, I did. So we did our two, our first two playthroughs. Um, one of them was on normal, because that's just like the base. Just normal, play. just playing the game to enjoy it. Uh, number that's two was, play games. Number two was on easy, getting all the collectibles. I was, number, I was cleaning up on collectibles. Yeah. and I was cleaning up and mapping how to do right, the speed right, run. Right. And then playthrough three for us was uh the speed run which you have to beat the game within four right. hours i did both in the same day yeah so that i was did a little my, much i did my easy playthrough just to fucking get all the collectibles mm-hmm. and then after i yeah like you said mapped it out i was like okay well here's kind of my plan of what to do and i went through fucking uh the the speed run and it says four hours i did mine and this by mind you this is me still using item boxes mm-hmm. and you know doing whatever but I remember I stacked on, you could only use three healing items. Okay. I stacked it on with my speed run because I was like, if I'm going to do it in any playthrough, it's going to be this fucking one. Oh, wow. And I did. And I beat the game in three hours and two minutes. Nice. Three hours and two minutes. That's awesome. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think I stacked, um, so you get a trophy for using three first aid meds or less or going to your inventory box three times or less. And I think I did those on my first easy playthrough. You did them both at the same time, yeah. Yeah. And then for my speed run, I just, I purely did it as speed run. cool. But the thing is, um, I had a save file that I started maybe, like, right when you get to the, the Baker house that was, like, 36 minutes in. So my time was already a little long because I did that first um, videotape. Yeah, yeah. That kind of took some time up. Um, and I think my final speed run time was, like, 3 hours and 21 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
but I liked it because that's the first time I've ever speedrun a game and like especially uh, Resident Evil I think they have like a history of like incorporating trophies that involve speedruns or at least like bonuses in terms of post game stuff for doing it and I was like alright cool I'm gonna do this and it wasn't nearly as hard as I thought it was. It was actually a lot of fucking fun. Yeah, it was fun because like, you feel like you're breaking the game. Oh, yeah. I feel like I broke that game so many times where, like, you're, like, exceeding, like, moments that are supposed to happen naturally. Like, a phone ringing. Like, you get right. to a point, like, before it happens. And, like, there's almost, like, the game, like, hiccups. Like, yeah, oh, it, shit. You don't hit, Yeah, I miss some of the triggers. And I'm like, yeah. why, well, why is it not activating? It's yeah. like, oh, you're supposed to look at this item because during a natural playthrough, you would. You would do that you at know? a slower rate. For me, I'm just, like, fucking go, rushing go, through go. it so fast. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, it created another moment of tension, though, that, like, I guess I had lost on the first easy playthrough where it's, like, I'm running, but, like, you know, I'm scared because I don't want to lose time on anything. And I'm really trying to fucking get through this in another way. It's a different meta. It is different. Whereas meta. Madhouse is a different beast altogether, and I really enjoyed Madhouse. Mm -hmm. It's so it's harder. You take more damage. Uh, Jack Baker specifically is way faster. Actually, a lot of the enemies are way faster They're than faster. they normally are. They're seemingly invulnerable. Right. Jack Baker shows up way more than yeah. he normally would in locations he doesn't have any right being. And uh, similar to how the original Resident Evil did, mm -hmm. it arranges all the items in the game, so you don't know where ammo is going to be and some key items too. Maybe somewhere entirely different in the house. I, I was under fucked. the impression that puzzles were going to be a lot different, but they really they're not, weren't. They're not very they're, much different. There's one instance where, like, a key item that you need for a puzzle is, instead of being in a spot that it would normally be in, it's in a cage that you have to unlock. Right. So. And there's way more antique coins that you have mm -hmm. to collect in the game. 33. But you, you get more unlockables, actually. You get, like, a... Uh, defensive coin and defensive uh, or an attack coin as well. Mm -hmm. I got the attack coin. I'm always attack. Um, what helped in that playthrough is that when you do the speed run first, I had the fucking x-ray glasses, yeah. the walking shoes that make you move faster. Mm -hmm. X-ray glasses let you see every item in the environment. Like I also had the uh, the essence of defense and the secrets of defense where if, when you're blocking, you're essentially invulnerable. Yep. Although some enemies can actually like circumvent your block, which sucks. Yeah. But... Oh, but it's very few. Yeah, so it, it it was a lot. It's not as tough as you thought, but it's but still pretty bad. I, th in I some think parts. like if you don't do those subsequent playthroughs where you get the walking shoes or the X-ray mm -hmm. vision, like it is probably really grueling. Madhouse would be a bitch. But like you, we had all that stuff. We had the circular saw, right. which is like a melee fucking weapon that really made it so much easier. No, no ammo needed for it either. No. And you can fucking destroy some bosses with the uh, circular Oh, yeah, I fucking destroyed Marguerite's little fucking tentacle sack. But it's like, you know, you're, you're talking about, oh, man, this feels like cheating. I'm just like, uh, we put in the work already. Like, sure. We've already got three playthroughs of this we game under it. our belt. We fucking speed yeah. ran the game. We did. Okay. Which is so much fun. I was laughing the entire time. Like, oh, I was hilarious because you're fucking just like... I was gathering enemies into a room, like, oh, fuck yeah. you. So just getting them into them. a room, fucking close the door, see ya, boom. I love that the game lets you do that, where you can lead enemies, trap them behind doors, because some of them aren't smart enough to open doors, mm -hmm. you know? that That's such, like, you, this is the first Reservoir where I'm just like, damn, I'm using the environment to yeah. my advantage, you know, rather than, like, fighting against it, which was such a cool idea. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's a lot to go back to in this game, especially if you look at the trophy list oh, yeah. and collectibles and shit. Like, it's the, not just one and done. There's, there's a high replay value here, for sure. And I don't, I, I wouldn't say like the trophy list is difficult. Like it's doable. No. You just have to put in the time for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's you just need the time. Um, but so you platinumed it, platinum it um, last night, and I, you're close. I'm close. I'm like in the last uh, act of the game, basically. Um, I, I love Madhouse for the reason that like it, they change the puzzles up on you, but it also like 
Okay, so you beat the game on speedrun. You feel like you broke the game. You're like, fuck this game. I'm the king of it. I'm Jack Baker himself. I built this fucking place. Mm -hmm. But then you go back to Madhouse, and it like kind of like inverts everything on you. There's the tension is reintroduced because enemies come at you in different ways. Enemies that right. wouldn't be in a certain room are there. Enemies that are introduced later, like variants, come at you in the very. There's beginning. this one moment like, where you, when you get to the first save room, mm -hmm. and one of those fucking spider beasts jumps mm -hmm. out at you. I was like, what You're the like, holy shit? Fuck! I haven't even been in the basement. Yeah, Mad Madhouse does what other playthroughs don't which is reintroduce the fear of the game yeah again. so it made me play yeah made me feel like i was playing the game again for the first time like it reintroduced the which is so cool yeah it which, was if if you're gonna play this game like that please please go in the madhouse please yeah. do it I, I wouldn't say it's like the essential way to play the game but it, no it definitely no because feels more like a pure resident evil experience again because it's a bit rougher it's a bit rougher in some some edges where it's just like Fuck, uh, Jack Baker coming back like every three seconds. Yeah, that's a bit much. Or like I, I cleared out the um, the guest house area and then the area where you're having um, dinner with them, and like I managed to skip the wall that he fucking breaks through, like you know, because it's staged. He's gonna break through it every time. Um, but then when I went back into that house to do something, like I thought I had downed him, and he fucking breaks through that wall again. I'm like, yeah, I didn't think that was gonna happen. Or there's <laughs> this. So in the normal playthrough, the molded come out of like these, you know, weird alien esque hive goo off the wall mm -hmm. or they come out of vents and shit they come out of like you know stuff that makes sense within reason yeah whereas on uh <laughs> there's this one part where you're walking through the old house and madhouse old house and madhouse mm -hmm. and they literally just erupt out of the ground no, I, i'm no. not i'm not saying they break floorboards they literally just i'm here yeah. and it's just like fuck you just video game this game that was so realistic yeah. <laughs> you know you video gamed it up well, they, and especially because in the first playthroughs, like there are no molded in the old house. It's like no. Marguerite and then these fucking like hives that you have to deal with. They just and, do what the fuck with you. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> here they are. You didn't expect them here. Ha ha. Fuck you. So I think we need um, to get to some closing thoughts here, guy. I, what was I gonna say? Um, one last thing on the on the madhouse, which I thought was cool. Throw it back to the ink ribbons and the typewriters. Ethan. They don't. <laughs> Ethan. They. Yep. They reduce the amount of autosaves, which makes it a little difficult. So if you die, you go back to your autosave and you like have five. it manually saved. Yeah, <laughs> there's only five. Yeah. Um, and then you have these little cassettes that you have to put into the cassette player to save. Mm -hmm. So you have to be more conservative with them, I guess. But they give you a lot, so it's kind of gratuitous. It's generous. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to be like only having like maybe ten for the whole playthrough. It's generous no, unless you're you very, you know, paranoid about dying. Yeah, which I am. Yeah. But I mean, I do. I had maybe one or two instances where I got fucking set back a while. Especially because I'm at the point where like yeah. I've played this game fucking. This is my fourth time. Like, I don't want to be set back. Like I my recommendation: it. be very careful in the ship because that's where I got goofed up the most. Yeah. Maybe save a good amount of like cassettes there. Maybe five. Like that. My my run through of the ship was like 45 minutes because of these fuck ups. Wow. That's oh, I've done the ship so much, like more than any part of that game. Mm -hmm. Because there was one part where I remember I was getting all the files or something, and I went too far, and I had to fucking restart at a uh, save. And I was like, God damn it, I'm doing the ship from the start again. <laughs> it was a nightmare. I hate that. It's That well, would be my nightmare, to fucking be doing Do the, the ship, ship forever. On loop. Purgatory. <laughs> fucking purgatory. So, closing remarks. Closing remarks in this game. Uh, it's a very deliberate, very confident Resident Evil, one that we haven't seen in fucking decades at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, in a good decade, I would yeah. say. It's very much like the original few games, uh, which but revitalized. It is such a great course correct for the series. You know, I, I definitely there's some issues with the game, but I was thinking to myself like, 
none of these issues really hurt my experience to the point where I can't recommend it because I strongly recommend this mm -hmm. game. I strongly recommend you pick it up. And I'm hearing that uh, from, I think, just units pushed. It's 2.5 million. Mm -hmm. And Capcom, Capcom's stocks went down because they're just like, well, fuck, four, uh, five and six are your best-selling games mm -hmm. in this series. I'm not kidding you. We've talked about this all but the time. But consider how much time those games had to sell. You know? Exactly. That's one thing where it's just like, yeah, six only got to like six million, and I think five is a little bit uh, north of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just don't want, I don't want Capcom to go all business and think like, okay, well, let's look at the Metacritic, let's look at the sales. Uh, well, Resident Evil Seven didn't score much higher than five, mm -hmm. so let's go back to fucking action centric bullshit. Because I think what happened was people were fucking uh, burned out. They have that disdain for the mm -hmm. series because of five and six. Mm -hmm. And to a lesser dis uh, extent, Revelations, um, which I think are fine, but compared to Seven, I'm just like fuck. I don't know if I can go back to Revelations. They're not giving me what I need anymore. Mm -hmm. You know. Then this game gave you what you needed. Right. So it's like, speak with your wallet, man. You've been crying for fucking years that you wanted Resident Evil to go back to straight hardcore horror, and it happened. Yeah. It's here. Get it. Yeah. Celebrate it. This is the one, my friends. This is the dream realized. I want part eight to do the same goddamn thing. You know, don't stick me in a house in Louisiana. I mean, there's other, no, places, but, there's other places in America that I'm afraid of. Right. Okay. <laughs> but continue with the thread of this survival horror, back to the roots, like biohazard mm -hmm. arc. Like, I would really dig that if, like, they made eight, like, a direct sequel to seven. Oh, yeah. I would really, really dig that. Especially since there's uh, some threads that are just like, mm -hmm. what the fuck's going on at the very end? Yeah. Is that Chris Redfield? Yeah, exactly. That's not my Redfield. Not it looks my Redfield. so weird. My Redfield punches boulders and doesn't fly around in umbrella copters, yeah. okay? All right. <laughs> he looks like he fucking reads, uh, what's that comic? Doonesbury? <laughs> <laughs> he does look, oh no, no, he looks like a Dilbert fan. He looks, sure. like, a Dil he looks like a fucking average Joe who just fucking yeah, yeah. drinks coffee and reads the funnies. Really loves Dilbert and Family <laughs> Circus. He, he, he loves that kid going in circles. Um, so... Please, support this fucking game because, again, it is, it really is the old trilogy brought to life in modern day. Mm -hmm. And much of the same, and this is a weird comparison, but stick with me, much of the same way that Mortal Kombat revitalized itself by going back to its roots, that is what Resident Evil 7 does mm -hmm. in the very same way, where it's like, fuck, I'm playing the original games, but I'm not fucking bogged down by shitty controls and and bad voice actors it's mm -hmm. like no you modernize this shit yeah. to to a degree where dude when i was in the hotel in san antonio mm -hmm. when i was like walking outside you know smoking a cigarette or whatever i remember just being out there and feeling still having that feeling of tension yeah. from the game where i'm just like it like lingers with you right i'm looking at shadows and i remember one distinct moment where i went back and it was very quiet i went back to the elevator and pressed the button and waited for it and just like the sound of the elevator and its slowness just something fucking creeped me out and i'm mm -hmm. just like Dude, a Resident Evil game has not scared me in years. This one has. Yeah. This game had me jump. Like, I jumped, mm -hmm. like, a few times. The, yeah, legitimately. Like, like, not even just one. Like, no, a fucking few times. Because, like, the, whether it's them throwing shit at you that you don't expect, like, out of left field, or the genuine, like, terror moments that come from just a regular horror game. Like, right. okay, like, there's this moment where you get this key item, you turn around, you go to crawl to this cupboard, you see this fucking, this little girl's feet. You're like, oh, that's really creepy. And then you go towards it and she runs away. And you're like, holy shit. It that was weird. It plays with darkness so. and shadows and sound and everything. It is, it is a very succinct, very smart horror experience. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that we haven't seen in the series in a very long time. And in fact, I would even go as far as to say as we haven't seen anything from this series like that. You know? 
it it, nah. it it goes it goes the nine miles and it fucks you the entire time. I enjoyed the shit out of it. I agree. Oh, what? I think I have a save room handy to give out. Oh yeah. I think what was it that I have to give him a hand job for? I think it was D pad mapping. To be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Okay. Well, too far gone now. I'm just looking through the list. I'll, here. I'll give a save room handy for D-pad mapping and music. Puzzles aren't overblown. Da, da, da. I wrote like little little notes. Little notes. Yep, that was the D-pad mapping. Okay. Was, was the uh, I don't know who we give a hand job handy. to. Director of mechanics or I'll find him. I'm gonna fucking give you handy. And he's gonna get a sloppy toppy. <laughs> I don't know if I have any last words because I feel like my last words are just like my first impressions that I said. Um, I have to say that this for me was the first must-play game of 2017, and that I will be hard pressed to not think about it, even as like February, March, and the rest of the months come down and other games kind of step in its place. But I'll keep coming back to it and, and really speak highly of it because I, I think everybody should play it, especially for fans of survival horror, first-person games, um, and I hope more publishers and developers come along and and take the idea of first person horror and do something else with it like i'd fucking love to see like a dead space game in first person and really bring it back to what made it great um it's just like the capstone resident evil experience it brought us back to what scared us like 20 years ago Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i think it's really great for re-cementing the genre as the king of horror um in terms of homage it hits it all whether it's the resident evil Original references, Dawn of the Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead. Like, it just nails all those moments in really great ways. Um, I like the puzzles. I love the music. I love the, the setting. It's really great. I think for me, though, where it lags, it, it lags in plot holes in the second act. Um, the, the graphics aren't always great. I think the environments look amazing. Some of the character models are really but, like, weird. The character modeling and then like some of the shit that happens like person to person looks really weird. Yes. But the, yes. the, the world you're in look amazing. And um, no, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Like I'm talking everybody's head off about it. It's like, oh, you mm-hmm. got Resident Evil? I'm like, yeah. They're like, what do you think about it? I was like, it's a fucking wild ride. Like I am like gripped from start to finish. Yeah, it's, it's just, like, like don't, don't <laughs> walk into this with any trepidation, man. Yeah. Like this is a great game. It is definitely a great game. And I will say this. If Capcom forged the crown that is survival horror, Mm -hmm. it certainly deserves to wear it again Mm -hmm. with this game. You did it, buddy. I agree. You did it, Cappy. You're back. Now make another Mega Man. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. He wants it. So that's it? That's all we got here? (laughs) Strange. Stranger, stranger, <laughs> what are you buying? What are you, what are you selling? Oh <laughs> Bring that guy back in part eight. No, I don't want him back. But just have him like randomly. Like, but like have it be like the have fake out where head. he's actually the one doing it the entire oh time. <laughs> yeah, bring back the merchant. Fucking pulls off his fucking head and it's just he's right. like this fucking skinny dude yeah, underneath. Yeah. Part eight. I want a merchant. I don't want a. I don't want a trailer. I don't want an RV anymore. I want a merchant. <laughs> the RV was a merchant. That's true. Mm-hmm. I, I bet you there's a reference to him somewhere in there. There has to be. Just saturated in it. Because there are a lot of, like, off-the-cuff, like, references here. Yeah, make makes some weird references to, like, Resident Evil Outbreak, mm-hmm. Revelations. Um, I mean, Chris Redfield shows up, fucking jacks off in your face, yep. and you're like, why, Chris, why? And then it kind of ends. Hey, take this Albert, but also take my jism. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say. Yep. So, guys... We appreciate you listening to our Resident Evil 7 review cast. Uh, if you want to hit us up, by the way, in somewhere that isn't SoundCloud, I know one of you comments on SoundCloud, uh, you can find us on Twitter at 
save room show all right and submit topics talk to us tell us what you think tell us that you hate us tell us that uh, daniel's beard looks fantastic uh kevin could use a beard until episode 16 it's been a pleasure to say things to you yeah i don't want to say serve you that's a thing we like whispering sweet everything it's another company's thing (laughs) we don't have an outro we don't need an outro is it remember to save your game yeah and remember to save your game sick you always say sick right after that why not i want to say sick